mentioned that we were going to ask you about some of the uh, the larger philosophical questions uh, in terms of concert music. Of course, the, the three of us sitting here, Dustin and myself, are, are conductors, and, and you're a composer. And this concert that we're doing Saturday is is something Dustin and I have talked about for a couple of years, the, the kind of thing we've wanted to do. in Because my sense, and I just wonder if you could respond to this as, as little or as much as, as you want to, but my sen- sense is that as a concert musician, as an orchestral musician myself, the the way we conceptualize of what a concert is, of what that experience is supposed to be for listeners, mm. is not in line with the reality of our culture and the people who live in it, with how people are in the United States in 2007 right now. And in my experience so far, I feel fortunate to teach at a university that is very supportive of my explorations in this area. But I have found personally, and I wonder if you have found it all or, or could speak to, there seems to be a real reluctance at a very fundamental level in large institutions, both colleges, conservatories, symphony orchestras, arts organizations, to reconsidering sort of the very fundamental nature of what they do. You know, and 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 what it means to present a concert. You had a real interesting idea early on when we were corresponding about this concert about these interludes that we're going to do. So in between every piece, we're going to play a piece, and then you and David are going to improvise electronica. So it'll be a seamless concert experience for the listeners, and I think we're going to give them something very different from what a classical music concert would be. Do you have any thoughts about? how institutions respond to ideas like that in your experience or what the future may lie yeah you know may hold yeah i i think that um i mean i feel really lucky to be a part of this evening it's it's really unlike anything i've done i mean there was a concert that i did in berlin on a chamber level that was a little bit like this um in that there were these interludes and and that's where i got the idea of, of sort of you know having the sort of cracks of the concert filled with Sort of ambient electronica, but to do it on an orchestral level and to have you know two interesting co- conductors involved with a fantastic program, um, I think it's really adventurous. And I guess my feeling is this: you know, arts administrators, orchestral administrators, um, you know, they they're aware that a good percentage of their audience are people who own LPs, <laughs> you know, like the thing that was before the cassette. And, um, you know, like, really, like, old school folks. And, um, you know, it's, to them, I think, they don't want to alienate that crew. You know, the, the thing is that, I think as long as you you, you don't lose, um, what am I trying to say, as long as you keep your eye on the ball, which is substance, then you can make a lot of changes to the way the concert experience happens. But you don't have to, as long as you, as long as you don't violate the substance of what you're doing, you're in great shape. So, for example, you know, this concert this weekend, I mean, there's Reich, there's Glass, there's uh, all, there's a, you know, all kinds of really interesting music on it, and it's not like it's being shown, it's not like you're showing, um, you know, like, videos of, like, you know, President Nixon getting sworn in or some random thing <laughs> attached to it. You know, so I think some people's solution has been... That was on our list. Oh, okay. We crossed it, it off, thankfully, yeah. But what I guess what I mean by that is that you know, one idea is to go to the multimedia route, which is like to have lots of projections while the music's happening. I'm not exactly sure that's the way to do it. I think it's actually there's a gentler way to do it, which is to, you know, maybe with the use of a little bit of lighting, um, a little bit of projected information maybe, 
Um, you know, you could project a little bit about the piece, about the program notes or something, because not everybody really makes it past page one of the program book. Um, maybe if, if the composer is alive or recently living, maybe have some kind of little interview or something. During these moments when all the energy of a concert seems to like go out the door, when you know, piano's gonna be moved and the chair's gonna be moved, those are opportunities to do things that can, um, can really not only educate the audience, but make it a little more seamless. So I guess on that issue of substance, you know, it's important for me to like figure out ways that the, the, the interludes that happen between, say, you know, the Reich and the glass um, can make a certain kind of sense. Now, they're not going not gonna to make, you know, the same kind of sense as if you just like compose some interesting little interlude. But, you know, if, if um, you know, there's a general correspondence like the, you know, there's a sort of an ambient ending of one piece, and then the next piece begins energetically. If you can kind of help, you know, negotiate that difference, that's one way to do it. So I, th I think I think you're right that, you know, the culture today is is very different um, from the I ideal setting. I mean, this this is, you know, this format was invented a long time ago in a different <laughs> world, and you know, there's a way to preserve the integrity of what we're doing. With, while also making it relevant to, to people that are alive now. <laughs> that seems to be the big challenge that that people are grappling with. And well, and yeah. I, wonder, I wonder if a lot of it isn't just fear and anxiety. I mean, like you say, you worked with the National Symphony a couple of weeks ago. They were very anxious at first, but at the end of the process... I mean, that was amazing. That, that was amazing. You know, normally, especially with the big orchestra, you know, you're a living composer, so they already don't like you. You know, if you're if you're kind of younger, they definitely don't like you. Yeah. If you have electronics, and they're already you, you've kind of hit the trifecta um, <laughs> of so, dislike. Right, right. You're just getting dissed. <laughs> but you know, by the end of that experience, I had you know everybody in the orchestra backstage telling me how much they like the piece, and and I mean, I'm just saying that to toot my own horn, but to, to say that there there is possibility. Right. Well, we'll toot it for you. The reviewer for the Washington Post <laughs> fell all over himself. Singing the praises of uh, it was well, Liqu Liquid Interface was the name of the Liquid piece. Liquid Interface. Right? It's a small success if the reviewer doesn't, you know, pan a piece. <laughs> <laughs> so if he likes it, that's great. But you know, you know, that's a, that's a great example. Here with the Kennedy Center, I mean, a pretty rarefied place. You know, you have like a presidential box where you know dignitaries will sit, and you know, you got a piece of electronics, and you know, it opens with the sound of glaciers melting, and it has beats in it. It goes all over the map. And um, you know, the other pieces in the program were like Mendelssohn and Tchaikovsky. And so, you know, you, you, you've got like a, a fairly old school uh, concert in, embedded in that is this very new experience. And, and the, the thing for me was, is this going to work within the context, context of, of that whole environment? And, and I think, you know, one of the reasons that it, it did work is that, you know, I'm not a stranger, like I said, to orchestral music. And I... And, and knowledgeable on how that space works. I think you, you run into a little trouble when you have like, like the London Sinfonietta does some really cool stuff. Um, they go around and have these concerts where they do like orchestrations of Aphex Twin tracks. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's a cool idea, but the thing is, it, it starts to, to like go lower on the sort of substance meter for me because you know just orchestrating an electronica track, it you know it doesn't seem to be. Um, like the kind of conversation that you want to have. You want to sort of like create something that, it's not just sort of like an orchestration of something from a different world, but maybe create something for the space in a way. And so, you know, I think that the, the best way to make this happen is to, to really understand both spaces and to, and to try to like uh, 
trust the trust the fact that the audience is curious and they won't like you know some people who are like 80 years old have better attitudes than I think than some of the orchestral administrators believe them to I mean they, they're pretty open-minded sometimes. Well, yeah I think that's definitely true it's a, there's a there's a little new music group in Dallas and that's where I first met Mason called Voices of Change and uh, and they do some really some really out there stuff they do some adventuresome programs and you know you, you go to one of those concerts and everybody's 50 and 62 yeah exactly except they're you know it's Zanakis or whatever <laughs> and in fact in, in some sort of on one level, you know, people who have been around the block a few times mm-hmm. um, are, are best suited to that. It's not always that way. I mean, mm-hmm. I was when I was in New York, um, there was a, an older gentleman who came to a concert that I was involved with, and you know, I I said something to him like, "Well, you know, um, I hope this, you know, it was a concert of new music." I said, "I hope this is, you know, wasn't. I hope it was music to your ears and not noise to your ears." And he said something to the effect of, "You know." Actually, I, I get a little bored with, with the way that the concerts tend to be these days. I want to have some new stuff. So I, I think that, you know, the administration, and in particular, not to point your fingers, but the boards of orchestras need to, to be a little bit more uh, trusting, you know, in their, in their own audience. People aren't going to, like, leave if they don't hear, like, every Mozart symphony. Right. You know? Well, and you know what sticks in my head, the, the one-sentence synopsis of this whole situation was from the, the keynote speech that Peter Sellers gave at the ASOL conference last year. And he said, you honor your grandparents by taking care of your kids. Right. And the orchestral world seems to uh, have forgotten that somewhere along the way. At least, not in all places, of course, but, but in a lot of places. Yeah. You know, it's, it is tough because, you know, it's not as easy as just you know people showing up and like throwing out some like pillows on the floor and listening to concert music. I mean, there there is something about you know respecting the fact that these are acoustic instruments. They've got to project. I mean, there it is an acquired taste and that and that like and it's an acquired knowledge about how to, to to deal at a concert hall. But you know the fact that when you get to the end of like the you know Beethoven violin concerto and you can't clap after like twenty five minutes. You know, it seems like the end of the first movement. Yeah, yeah, right. The end of the yeah. first movement. You know, like that, which is epic. Yeah, yeah, you you like add up all the people in that room, like a thousand people who want to clap, mm-hmm. and there's like you could probably launch a space shuttle with all that like <laughs> denied energy. You know, I mean, it's just everybody's waiting and they don't do it. I mean, yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, there's. I, I mean, I think, and there's a lot of. I mean, the the flip side of that is that there's a lot of really exciting, fertile. New, I mean, I say to our students here. That, that, you know, in, in spite of all the maudlin and sort of depressing news that regularly comes from the arts world, I think now, in the United States, in the early 21st century, is arguably the most exciting time ever to be a musician because of the, the potential and the possibility that, that is available to us, that lies before us. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're a great example of why that is so. Well, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, only now, and the, I don't know, I'm not, I can't really put it period of time onto it, but it seems in the, I don't know, late 90s, early 21st century, does it seem to be accepted to to really kind of change the format a little bit? And, and again, as long as you keep your eye on the ball, the substance of the music um, has, has got to be there. But, uh, the, you know, changing the format and honestly, you know, maybe, maybe being a little more adventurous with the programming helps. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with a, a, a Mozart festival, that's fine. Um, but you know the idea of having 
um, you know, Stravinsky is is not really new music anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's neither definitely Schoenberg. right, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, so the well, I, neither is Messiaen or Berio or Ligeti or I mean, right. right. I mean, you know, <laughs> definitely, you know, even you know, who wants to draw a line? But you know, once you pre nineteen fifty, I mean, that you know, that doesn't that doesn't really sort of satisfy the the slot on a concert that might be reserved for new new music. Yeah. So, and the the thing that Stuart and I talk about a lot is is uh, this kind of ambiguous phrase, cultural relevance, and I mean, the, I think the uh, I think the problem that a lot of uh, orchestra administrators make is that they think if they put kind of something that's on the surface is flashy or trendy, and then uh, to try to lure people in, like say you got you know you can come have martinis, and then sit through a concert standard repertoire, that young people are going to get it, and I, I don't think they are because they don't. I mean, they don't encounter those sounds anymore, really, in daily life. And I think that's why your music is so successful, because it's it's sounds that we all hear every day. And then you go and you hear it in a concert hall and you think... It makes yeah, sense, makes intuitively. Sense right away, it makes sense. Well, I mean, it, I appreciate all saying that. It's, yeah, it is It is fun. It's like um, like the Beethoven and Blue Jeans concert idea. Mm. I, I always feel like, you know, one thing people seem, you know... People don't seem to mind getting dressed up to go to a concert. So, like, you know, why, why the necessity? Sometimes it's fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I, I guess on the other hand, some people have told me, you know, their husband just doesn't want to come if he has to dress up or whatever. But I, to me, the Beethoven and Blue Jeans format seems like such a cosmetic <laughs> change. I mean, if, uh. you know, if, if there's more to it than that, you know, if, there, if, if like, this, this evening that, that y'all have, have organized, if, if actually... The format of the evening is a little different. Well, then, sure, that makes sense. You know, maybe if you want to take the seating out or you know whatever. But um, yeah, it's got to be more than just like a martini beforehand or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's where we think programming comes in. I mean, obviously, that's and that's how you can bridge the gap is with music that sounds like people's actual world, and then you work backwards. I think I don't think you can start. You know, with Beethoven and Brahms, and then well, yeah, get people I, to dig new music and just start. I've actually, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, it's actually the reverse. Yeah, give people sounds they recognize, and then you'll lead them back to right. what are the cornerstones of our art. Yeah, you know? uh, it's sort of flipped around from the way people have been thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we're sitting here bashing on Beethoven and Brahms, and then you know that no. kind of repertoire. That's why we do what we do. Right, but yeah, yeah, it's just you know the at the at the very end of the day, one of the things that's so weird about music versus in the art form is that people seem to be really intimidated by it. I mean, and I don't know if it's a result of you know lack of funding in the schools or just the fact that we're a very visual culture. But you look at like a modern art opening somewhere, and lots of young people go check it out, mm-hmm. and the same people will say, well, "I don't know anything about classical music." And and I think if there's a way to sort of demystify things by maybe some subtle projections, not to say why the piece is going on, but maybe between the pieces, uh, having people sort of understand a little bit about what they're hearing. That's a that's a great way to, to get people to, to feel like they do have some tools to, to picking apart this as it's happening. Well, thank you very much for sitting down with us, Mason. Sure. We certainly appreciate it. We're looking forward to your lecture demonstration tonight and yeah. of course of course the concert tomorrow. Mason Bates, check him out everybody. Thanks. Thank you.